This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. Taiwan on Tuesday relaxed a decade-long ban on food imports from Fukushima and surrounding areas in Japan. The ban was imposed after the Fukushima nuclear power plant was damaged by an earthquake in 2011. The cabinet said all imports would be inspected to international standards and some items like wild bird meat, mushrooms and canola remain prohibited. Rick Lauer reports. These strawberries are no longer forbidden fruit. For over a decade, such imports from Fukushima were banned in Taiwan. But now, the government is relaxing curbs on food from Japan's Fukushima region. This, despite remaining concerns about the safety of imports from the site of one of the world's worst nuclear disasters. The ban has been a sticking point between Taiwan and Japan, and President Tsai Ing-wen needs Tokyo's support for Taiwan's application to join the Comprehensive and Progressive Agreement for Trans-Pacific Partnership, or the CPTPP. This massive trade bloc is composed of 11 countries around the Pacific Rim, including Canada, Japan and New Zealand. Joining the bloc would boost trade and help Taiwan reduce its economic reliance on China at a time when tensions are rising across the strait. Just a handful of countries, including South Korea and China, forbid some or all of Fukushima imports. But in a 2018 referendum, residents in Taiwan overwhelmingly voiced support for the ban, and there is a risk that the change in policy will cost Taiwanese president political capital ahead of local elections in November. The major opposition party, the Kuomintang, or KMT, is looking to take advantage. Two months ago, Tsai came out on top against the opposition in a referendum on a similar issue. U.S. pork imports containing a controversial additive. And this recent move to lift the ban on certain items from Fukushima shows her confidence in weathering local political opposition in her bid to strengthen Taiwan's ties abroad. Alex Chen and Rick Lauert for Taiwan Plus. The U.S. Department of Defense has announced its approval of a possible 100 million U.S. dollar sale of equipment to maintain Taiwan's Patriot missile defense system. The Pentagon says the proposed sale will help improve Taiwan's security and assist in maintaining political stability, military balance, economic development and progress in the region. Taiwan first purchased Patriot missiles in the 1990s and has stepped up efforts in recent years to upgrade and maintain its defense capabilities amid military pressure from China. The sale must still be approved by Congress. Taiwan has been in the grip of an acute egg shortage for over a month, and people have been scrambling to hunt them down before they sell out. Bing Wang finds out why and what the government is doing about it. These people are lining up around the corner. That's because they just got word that this market has eggs in stock. Eggs have been in short supply for several weeks now, and any that can be found are snapped up quickly. Some people even travel up to 150 kilometers just to get their hands on them. There are a few reasons for the scarcity. Cold weather, a December outbreak of avian flu at a chicken farm in central Taiwan, and an increase in the price of corn for chicken feed. To deal with the rising costs of raising chickens, the Council of Agriculture has hatched a plan to help chicken farmers, and they're not putting all their eggs in one basket. 
The council will give farmers a subsidy of three NT dollars or 18 U.S. cents for every 600 grams of eggs, as well as 25 NT dollars or 90 U.S. cents for each egg-laying chicken. The government has also waived tariffs for importers of soybeans, wheat, and corn to offset rising chicken feed prices. But in the short term, the government is importing more eggs from Australia, Japan, and the United States. These measures will continue until the end of the month, by which time officials hope to have local shells fully stocked again. Klein Wong and Bing Wong for Taiwan Plus. Taiwan's Central Epidemic Command Center on Tuesday reported 26 new domestic cases of COVID-19 in a significant rise. There are also 22 new imported cases. Louise Watt reports. Over the Lunar New Year, thousands of people traveled across Taiwan, despite concerns that those festivities could kick off a new round of infections. On Tuesday, those concerns seemed to materialize with more than two dozen local infections reported. But for now, current quarantine rules will stay in place until the end of February. Arrivals can spend up to half of their 14-day quarantine at home under certain conditions. The health minister told a radio show that Taiwan would follow a different path to other countries. But the health minister explained that such changes would only be considered after the Lantern Festival on February the 15th. Also on February the 15th, migrant workers from the Philippines and Vietnam will be allowed back into Taiwan. They join workers from Indonesia and Thailand who were allowed back in from late last year. Migrant workers, along with all foreigners without residency, were barred from entering Taiwan in May last year. Should borders be reopened, Health Minister Chen Shih-chung says Taiwan would do it gradually, with business travelers allowed in before tourists. And that will only happen if the COVID situation is under control. Karma Xu and Louise Watt for Taiwan Plus. The Second World War brought tumultuous changes across the world, and Taiwan was no exception. As Ed Moon reports, Taiwan soon found itself home to soldiers from China who had experienced nearly a decade of war with both Japan and the Chinese communists. When World War II began, Taiwan was a colony of Japan. It then came under the rule of the Republic of China after the war when the Chinese government accepted the Japanese surrender on the island on behalf of the Allies. Not long after the war's end, hostilities resumed between the Republic of China government, led by the Kuomintang and Chiang Kai-shek, and the Chinese Communist Party, led by Mao Zedong. After a string of defeats culminating in the communist capture of the capital in Nanjing, Chiang Kai-shek retreated with his government to Taiwan. Also making the journey were around a million refugees, many of whom were soldiers. A lifetime of service and a witness to some of the 20th century's most tumultuous moments. Wei Zhongkang has dedicated his life to the Republic of China. So much so that he insisted on wearing an old army uniform to meet us at his home, a retirement village for veterans located in Jianghua County, central Taiwan. He is one of about 350 residents living in the facility, 
which is overseen by the government's Veteran Affairs Council. It's a place where ex-soldiers can enjoy their retirement and receive care while maintaining their independence. Wei joined the Republic of China Armed Forces when he was only 17 and has been a loyal soldier ever since, retreating along with Chiang Kai-shek and the Kuomintang government from China to Taiwan after the Chinese Civil War. But he didn't volunteer for the job. Wei found himself thrust into one of the Second World War's bloodiest conflicts, a battle between China on the Allied side and Japan. He took part in the Salween campaign, which saw more than 40,000 Chinese troops cooperate with US forces to attack the Japanese in Burma and reopen vital Allied supply lanes. While Wei remembers the Japanese as ferocious fighters, he bears no hatred towards the former enemy. The Japanese surrender in 1945 brought a long-awaited peace for many countries. But for Wei, the battles were just beginning. Before the year was out, he was fighting Chinese Communist Party forces under the leadership of Mao Zedong in a recommencement of a decades-long civil war between the Communists and Guomindang. Wei remembers war against the Communists as being completely different to the battle against Japan. He was captured by Mao's forces, and his experience during the civil war left him with a lasting distrust of the Chinese Communists. After escaping from the Communists, Wei arrived in Taiwan in 1948, one of over a million people evacuated to the island at the end of the Civil War. In 1949, Mao Zedong declared the establishment of the People's Republic of China, leaving the Republic of China government in charge of only Taiwan and a few outlying islands. Wei has never returned since that day. Now his family are the caregivers at a veteran's home and his friends here in Taiwan. It has been well over half a century since Wei set sail for Taiwan. In that time, Taiwan has undergone tremendous changes, from one-party rule to vibrant democracy, and with it has come a flourishing of an independent Taiwan identity separate from China. But Wei hopes the future generations will hold on to their Chinese heritage. Taiwan there are but a few members of Wei's generation remaining, and for many, the horrors of war have faded. But as tensions across the Taiwan Strait rise once more, Wei has a message to share. Ricky and Ed Moon for Taiwan Plus. Soldiers and others who came to Taiwan from China after World War II are often known as mainlanders in English, a reference to their origins in mainland China. To find out more about their history, Taiwan Plus reporter Ed Moon spoke to Dominic Mongshen Riang, an associate professor at the University of Missouri, whose research focuses on the mainlander experience in Taiwan. He began by asking him what life was like for those who fled China for Taiwan after the Chinese Civil War. 
And how does identity play out now in Taiwan? Do mainlanders and their descendants still think of themselves as Chinese? If you ask another scholar or uh, mainlander themselves, you, you get different answers. Uh, they're both, they're first and foremost Taiwanese, and they're definitely Chinese. But they're when, you, but when you ask most of them about. You know their national identity. Their national identity is definitely with Taiwan or with the Republic of China, and the history that they, the the, the version of Chinese history that they identify with is the version of history promoted by the Republic of China on Taiwan, not the version of Chinese history or the version of revolutionary Chinese history, you know, promoted by. The PRC or the Chinese Communist Party in Beijing. There's a huge difference. Thanks for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.